Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Um, but I'm excited about this word tonight, church. So let's go ahead. Let's, let's get into it. Um, I'll be speaking from Genesis chapter 50. And I'll be talking about, uh, we're, we're going to be looking at the life of Joseph tonight. Um, but we're going to be picking up in Genesis 50, verse 15. So a little bit of context about where we pick up in Joseph's life. Because a lot of us know the story of Joseph and we're familiar with what he's been through, went through. But if you don't know, Joseph is, is, is on the other side of many trials and tribulations of, of being a slave, of being a prisoner, of being betrayed. He's, he's on the other side of all that. Now he is second in command over the most powerful nation um, in the world. And uh, he has um, forgiven his brothers. He has uh, who betrayed him. He has provided for his family who would have starved if, if it wasn't for his strategy of, of storing food. And so he's on the other side of this. And, um, and his father has just passed away. And his, and his brothers are concerned because they're thinking, well, now that his, you know, our father's passed away, he might try to take revenge on us for betraying him and, and selling him into to slavery. And so that's where we pick up in Genesis 50, verse 15. It says, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph, saying, before your father died, he commanded, saying, thus you shall to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin and for the, and the evil they did to you. Now, please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him, and Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for I am, uh, for I'm, am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God. Everybody say, but God. He said, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. In order to bring about as it is this day. Everybody say, this day. To save many people. The title for tonight, what we're going to be talking about tonight is, is today's trial, but tomorrow's testimony. Today's trial, but tomorrow's testimony. I want to speak to some people tonight who feel like they're going through something right now, who might be in a struggle right now, but I want to encourage you that whatever trouble you're in the middle of, God's about ready to bring you into a triumph tomorrow. If we just hang on to the, to the truth of who God is, today's trial will be tomorrow's testimony. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for gathering us tonight. God, we give this service over to you. Uh, let your Holy Spirit reign free, God. We have no motivations other than to growing closer to you, God. So we just thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders taking place. We thank you for the addicted being freed. We thank you for the lost being found. We thank you, Father, for the people who walked in depressed, God, being encouraged by your son tonight. Father, there's a person who walked in thinking that they had no direction for their life, but by the time tonight is over, they're going to have a newfound energy, a newfound passion for life because they know that God has a plan, that God has a purpose, that we're not here by accident, but we're here on an assignment together. So, Father, have your way tonight. Have your way tonight. And God, help out the Houston Texans. I'm about to lose hope. Things look bad. It's a big beginning of season. I'm already giving up. But God, we need a miracle. In the name of Jesus. And everybody says, amen, amen. Give Jesus a hand clap tonight. So when you study scripture, when you look at all the Bible stories, you will see there, there's a recurring, recurring theme 
of God's people going through a trial before the triumph. Like, you'll never read a story where somebody will experience a triumph without first a trial or experience a victory without first going through the valley. Like, if you read the Bible, you will see that there is that kind of pattern. Like, Abraham, he had to go through the trial of sacrificing his son Isaac and almost doing it and trusting God before God provided uh, the sacrificial um, ram. And like the story of Joseph we're reading about, he went through uh, the prison. He went through uh, betrayal. He, 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 he went through being a slave. He went through all these trials before um, becoming second command over all of Egypt. And, and even Jesus, it says in Scripture that he was tempted in everything. Yet he had no sin. He even says in the in the forty days in the wilderness he was he he went through trials. He he went to, he he went through that temptation. And even Jesus, he went through the greatest trial I believe that any person has ever gone through, and that was the cross. He went to, he he bore the, the weight of sin. He 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 took on the, the pain that we deserve. He, he 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 defeated death, hell, and the grave. But here's the thing: that greatest trial that he went through and and took on the cross that became our greatest triumph. And now because Jesus went through the trial of the cross, now we know the truth. And now we can accept it into our heart. Now we don't have to experience the death that we should experience. Now we don't have to experience the pain because of Jesus. Who's thankful for Jesus and what he did for us? But if all these Bible characters had to go through trials, and even if Jesus, the Son of God, had to go through trials, what makes us think that we don't? Sometimes we have this temptation and, and we, or we have this expectation that we try to avoid trials or uncomfortability. We try to avoid things at every turn. And we're following after God, but if we see there's a trial in our way, we, we think that that trial means that's not where I'm supposed to go. Or, or, or we think, I, I got to avoid this, I got to avoid that. But if there's anybody who's lived life long enough, you know there's no avoiding trials. You know that no matter how much you try, there are still things going to happen in life that, that it's going to go beyond your control, that might be disappointing or concerning. However, no matter what you do, we're all going to experience trials. We're all going to experience trials. I've, I've learned that in my life is when I look back now at the trials I've been through or the things that have happened, that when I look back now in that moment, it was a trial, but now looking from here to there, I can see that it was training. Uh, in the moment, it, it, was, it was hard, but now looking back, I see that it, it was helpful. Uh, when, one of the things is, well, when I was an 18-year-old and um, I was in a hospital, and I was, I've already been in hospital for two weeks because this is the second time my lung has collapsed, and, and the first time it collapsed, uh, I, I actually had a pastor, a pastor who's not associated with this church, so you don't, you don't know him. But who came up to me, and after the first time, I, I went through the, and, um, and recovered from my lung collapsing, and being almost in a month in the hospital. He looked at me and said, he said, God got you through this, and he's never going to let this happen to you again. That was, a, that was after the first time. I remember thinking that. And then when the second time it happened, I said, God, it's either you're wrong or he's just something happened here. Because, and I was, I was kind of upset the second time I, my, and my lung collapsed. I'm in the hospital, but I'm, but I'm keeping the good faith of it. But two weeks into it, uh, when I thought I was about to, to go home, in the middle of, my night, of, of the night, my lung collapsed again. And when you have surgery, I don't know if you know this, but you're not supposed to eat for 24 hours. Does anyone know that? 
I ate 10 minutes before, a big meal, a huge meal, because I thought I was going home. And the doctors looked at me and said, because of the meal you ate and because we, it's emergency surgery, we have to get you in now. There's a 50-50 chance that uh, when you go under, uh, you, might have, uh, you might throw up you know, un- when you go under, and it will flood your lungs, and there's nothing we can do. He said, 50-50 chance. I remember being so upset, but I remember thanking and praying, and, be- and, and I remember being so upset with God. I was almost about to give up on who God was, but... Because of a praying mom, she, she called me up right in that moment, and she prayed for me. And who's thankful for praying moms in the house? She called me, and she read my mail. She said, hey, look, it's either God, uh, God's, God's got you, and the enemy's trying to rally you. You just got to say, I trust Jesus, and everything will be okay. And I couldn't get it out. It was crazy. But right when I said, I trust Jesus, everything turned around for me. And as you can see, I'm here now because of the grace of God. But the thing is, now looking back at it, what seemed like a trial was training for today because now I know what having faith in God will do for you. Now I know when there's a trial coming against me, I know I have a God that that trial is not a trouble for him. It might be a trouble for me, but it's not a trouble for my God. And that if I just follow after him, this trial, it's going to turn into a testimony that I'm going to be able to share with people and encourage people. But if there was ever a person who went through trials, it was Joseph. I mean, he went through so many different things, betrayal by his brothers, sold into slavery, um, falsely accused, a prisoner, um, betrayal after betrayal. If there's anybody who knew about trials, it it was Joseph. But in reading about Joseph and reading his story, you will see that there is a pattern that happened that every time Joseph found himself in a problem, um, there, was a, there, there was a pattern in, in Genesis 30, 39, verse 1. We'll take a look. So this is right after Joseph is betrayed by his brothers and sold into slavery. It says this in Genesis 39. It says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. But it says the Lord was with Joseph. Everybody says the Lord was with them. The Lord was with them, and he was a loser. It doesn't say that. And Well, he's a slave right now. He, he's in the worst trial of his. It says, and he was miserable. No, it says he was a successful man. Now, church, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of confused by that because he's a slave. So how can he be successful? I mean, what man saw as a slave, God says, no, he's successful. That's kind of confusing to me because because how can you be in the worst trial of your life, but God say you're being successful right now? Because from the outside looking in, if I'm a slave, I'm saying, God, this is the worst, but how can I be successful in a trial? How can I still be successful when things aren't going my way? How can I still be? But it says that the Lord was with them. But can I say one thing? In man's eyes, he was a slave, but in God's eyes, he was successful. A lot of times in man's eyes, when God says you're successful, in man's eyes, they might not see it. But that's why we can't abide by man's definition of success. Because if you abide your life by man's definition of success, you're going to find out that their success makes you feel empty. 
You're going to find out that the, what the world has to offer doesn't fill up the hole that you have on the inside of you. And you might go and you might join a rat race where you say, if I just get this car, if I just get this job, if I just get this promotion, and you'll find out it's that thing that you wanted doesn't fill the hole that you need, that the, really what only Jesus can fill. So what if we, we change the, the definition of success because, see, it says the Lord was with them. And I believe because the Lord was with him, that's why he was successful. See, man saw a slave, but because the Lord was with him, he says he is successful. Even though he's in a trial, what seems to be, he is successful because I believe the Lord is with him. But here's the thing. If the Lord is not with you, it doesn't matter how successful you are, you're still not going to have peace. It doesn't matter how how much money you have in the bank, you're still not going to have peace of mind if the Lord's not with you. if the Lord's not with you, it doesn't matter how many followers you have on social media, you're still going to feel alone if the Lord's not with you. But when the Lord is with you, you could be in the greatest trial that you've ever been in, and yet you will still see that you are successful in the eyes of God because he says, I'm with you, and you still have your peace. You still have the right mind. You still have your salvation. It might look like in man's eyes you're a slave, but in my eyes you're successful because I'm with you. So what if the definition of success is just the Lord being with you? Saying, God, man, it doesn't matter where life takes me. As long as you're with me, I'm successful. It doesn't matter what kind of trial I find myself in. As long as you're with me, I know I'm successful. So I believe true success is really when you have the riches of God in your life. Not the riches of man. Not the riches of, of, of what the world has to offer, but the riches of God. And what is that? That's peace. That's joy. That's self-control. The, the fruit of the Spirit. Things that man can't offer. Things that the world can't offer. That is success. Yeah. It's that when you are able to go through life and not be whatever your emotion is, whatever the feeling is, but, but what the Spirit of God is leading you to be. That is successful. It's the riches of God in your life. But let me just say one other Another thought, then we'll move on from this. But just because someone is in a trial, it doesn't mean they did something wrong. Joseph was sold into slavery, but it wasn't because of his sins. Sometimes we get in the habit of when we see somebody going through something. Now, don't look, at, don't look around. Don't look at anybody. But when somebody's going through something, we have a habit of saying, well, I wonder what they're doing wrong. You know, like, I wonder, I wonder what's in there, what skeletons are in their closet. Like, they have to be doing something wrong if they're in the middle of a trial. Can I just stop you real quick? What if instead of having a mindset of saying, what, like, what did you do? What did you do wrong? What if we just say, hey, you're in a trial right now, but I don't know your story. I, 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 I don't know what's, I don't know what's, but let me, instead of saying, hey, what's wrong with you? What if we said, hey, I'm here for you. I'm here to help you through this. Because I hear so many times when somebody's going through something, it's like, oh, I wonder what skeleton's in their closet. I wonder what they did wrong. I wonder, God, see, uh-huh, that's God's judgment on them. No, 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 no. You don't know their story. You don't know where they came from. So instead of us thinking they did something wrong, let's instead say, God, how can we help them to make this right and get them through this? Man, something that keeps me, you want to know what keeps me in line? It's Matthew 7, 2. When he says, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. The measure that you use, it will be measured for you. 
So God, man, I want to be the person who gives people grace and mercy and forgiveness. Let me not be the person who judges others to such a critique, because if you do that, you're going to see a boomerang right back at you, and you see the same measure that you use is being used against you. But again, let's take back a look at the, at the pattern, example of, of Joseph when he's in a, in a trial. Now let's look at another trial. Genesis 39, verse 20. Now, this is when he was falsely accused and thrown into prison. It says, Then Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison, but the Lord was with Joseph. Everybody said the Lord was with them. The Lord was with them and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. See, he's a prisoner, but God says he has favor on his life. See, when I'm reading the story of Joseph, I'm confused because it seems like every problem he's in, God's saying, whoa, 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 you think he's in a problem, but really he has favor on his life. See, I think we get confused about trials and problems and trouble. When God sees a trial, he's not afraid of it. He's not intimidated by it. He's not saying, oh, man, yeah, you really messed up now. He's saying, no, because I'm with you, I don't see trouble. I see favor. Because I'm with you, I don't see, oh, there's no way out. No, I see that there's a solution. I see how you're going to happen. I see what's going to happen next. I see the testimony that's going to come out of this trouble. He's in prison, but God's saying, no, he has favor. He has favor. Sometimes when we read scripture, we forget um, that the person we're reading about doesn't know how the story ends. Like when you're reading about the story of Joseph, you're like, oh, hand in there, Joseph. You're about to be the second in command. Joseph doesn't know that. Joseph just knows he's in prison right now. Joseph just knows that God promised him one thing, but his present looks totally different. And he could have just said, you know what, God, obviously, obviously you gave up on me, so I'm going to give up on you. He could have had that option at any time. He doesn't know how the story's going to end. But because he said, you know what, God, even though I'm in prison, I still believe I have a promise. Even though I'm, I'm, I'm in a trial, I still believe that you have a plan on my life. And he continued through all those things, and that's how he got to the place he was at. Because he didn't let those things. He, he, he said, God, I'm still faithful. And he let God use whatever trial, whatever tribulation he was in. He let God use it. And that's point one for tonight. When it comes to trials, let God use it or the enemy will abuse it. Let God use it or the enemy will abuse it. And every trial that we face is an opportunity for God to use it. Everyone. There's, I know there's a lot of heartbreak. I know there's a lot of things. But every oppor- everything, there, it's an opportunity for God to, to show off and show out. And I know there's been some, some tough things. But it, there's still an opportunity for a testimony, for, a, for you to be able to encourage somebody. Because here's the thing. With God, he can... He can turn trials into triumphs. He, he, can turn, he can turn things that went backwards and, and all these things that were hurtful. He can turn that around for, for his glory. He can turn around all things, right, for his good, for people who love and are called to, love God and are called to according to his purpose. He, he can turn things around. That's the kind of God we serve. Who, who's thankful we serve that kind of God? Who has that kind of power? There's a lot of religions out there, but there's only one God who has that kind of power. He, he can turn around all for a triumph. Everything around, he, he can turn the, the trial into a testimony, like I said, and he can turn that trial, and you realize that trial was my training. You see, God can use it, but if you don't let God use it, then the enemy's going to abuse it. 
See, if you are in the middle of a trial and you don't give it to God, instead you get mad at God or say, God, I give up on this. I give up on, you know, trying to maintain my character or trying to maintain a relationship. I give up, God, I'm in a trial. If you do that, then you're going to let the enemy abuse it. And instead of that trial turning into testimony, that trial turns into a trap. And that's what the enemy will do. He will abuse that trial to keep you there. See, the enemy will turn disappointment into depression real quick. Like, you got disappointed, you could have given it to God, but you say, oh, God, see this, it happened again. God, I was falling after you, I'm in another trial. And you, did, you didn't let God use it, so the enemy abused it, and now you're depressed, now you're stuck, now you're in a rut, now you're in a cycle, and you don't know how to get out. Why? Because you let the enemy abuse your trial. Are y'all hearing me tonight? You let the enemy take control what God could have used. See, the enemy will turn that, that lie of addiction in your life into a lifestyle and say that you have to go through it again. And get, but instead of again, you say no. But see, the enemy wants you to be trapped in your trial is what I'm trying to tell you. The enemy wants you to go through something and stay there. The enemy wants you to get backed up in the corner and stay there for your whole life because he wants to convince you that these trials is going to keep you there. That's what the enemy wants you to do. He will abuse it, but God will use it. God will say, you're in, you're in the trial right now, but I will turn it around if you just trust me. Yeah, you're in trouble right now. Yeah, you might be, the bank account doesn't look like how it's supposed to be, or this doesn't do that. Whatever it is, God's saying, I will use it for my glory. I will use it to elevate my name. I will use it so you could be a testimony to tell people, I've been through some things, but I've learned some things as well, that I serve a good God. And if I just follow after him, he's going to lead me through all these things. So let me encourage you, and you can encourage people because of your testimony, and that's how God uses your trials. Let God use it. Don't let the enemy abuse it. So let's take a look at when Joseph, he first confronted his, his brothers after they sold, them, after they sold him into, into slavery. Now, this is the, the first time he reveals, you know, they don't know that this is Joseph. This first time in, in Genesis 35, verse 3. He says, I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. He said, is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless, and they were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. He said, please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer, and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset. Don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place, for it was God who sent me. Say, everybody, God sent me. Say, God sent me. It was God who sent me here ahead to preserve your lives. He said, hey, you may have sold me, but God is the one who sent me. He, he, he was looking back, see what Joseph was doing. Because so, in the middle of a trial, it's confusing. But after some time, you see clearly. Like five years ago, you might have been in a confusing trial. But five years, five years from now, you'll see why that trial happened. Like he was looking back. He said it was confusing when it first happened. Like, but now I see that it had to happen. Like, it was confusing when you betrayed me, but now I see why that happened. Now I see where God brought me. Like, it was that trial was confusing at the time, but I see clearly now what happened. It was confusing at first, but after some time, everybody say time, I see clearly now. That's point two for, for tonight, is that the only difference between a trial and a testimony is time. The only difference between a trial and a testimony is time. This is what I want to encourage y'all with tonight. Is that if you're in a trial, if you just hold on, give it some time, 
and say, God, I ain't giving up. God's going to show up. And you're going to realize that the, now that trial is now a testimony. Now that trouble, now I see it's my triumph. And now I was some Hebrew boy, but now I'm an Egyptian official because I gave that trial some time. And now it's a testimony. Now it's a triumph. Now, now I see why. It was confusing then, but I see clearly now that those things, I see why they happened. I, I see how they happen because I know if it wasn't for that betrayal, if it wasn't for me being in prison, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be where I am today. The only thing, the only difference between a trial and testimony is time. Now looking back at my life, I'm sure you can do the same thing in your life. You can look back at things you went through. And at the time, it was tough. But now you know why. You say, man, God, I see all the things you brought me out of. I see all the things you protected me from. What I thought was rejection, now I see it was protection. What I, what I thought was disappointment, now I see it was direction, right? What I thought, all these things. See, sometimes for God to get you back on track, sometimes you have to go through a trial. Sometimes for God to, to get you in the right position, you have to go through some things. You have to go through some training. You have to go through. See, when you look back at your life, there's any witnesses in the house. You say, God, I see now why those things happened. I see now those trials were this training for me today. As we continue, let's, in, in Genesis 45, verse 6, and this is, he's, he's continued talking to his brothers. He said, this famine has ravaged the land for two years and will last five more years. And there will be neither plowing nor harvesting, but God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me. Everybody say, God sent me. God. Not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all of Egypt. He was saying, Joseph was saying, I, if it wasn't for the pit, I wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for the prison, I wouldn't be here. So let me tell you, you might have done it, but let me say God is the one who sent me here, and he's the one who's made me uh, the second in command over all of Egypt. And now looking back, I know now that God is the one who sent me here. It was God the one who sent me here. I can just imagine Joseph looking back at his life and seeing a full circle moment. And maybe tears come into his eyes because he's saying, yeah, my brothers, they might have sold me here. They might have betrayed me. But, man, now I'm seeing it was God who's the one who didn't abandon me. They betrayed me, but, man, God stayed with me. When I was in the pit and I was on the brink, man, God was still encouraging me. When I was in prison, man, God was still there. Yeah, those, my brothers might have been the one who betrayed me, but God's the one who sent me here. And God sent me here for a reason, for a reason. Can you all stand with me tonight? I'm closing. I want to close with this scripture. It's very, you know, very well known, very encouraging. But man, there's nothing, there's no such thing as too much scripture. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things, everybody say all things, work together for good. Everybody say good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Everybody say his purpose. Not according to people's purpose, not according to the politics purpose, but according to his purpose purpose. I mean, who's a, who wants to go according to his purpose? Nobody else's. I want to close with this thought. 
because I know a lot of us, we're in the middle of a trial right now. I know a lot of us, we're in the middle of trouble or we're in the middle of a confusing season right now. And when there are times, and there's been times in my life, and I know there's been times in your life where you're at the edge and you don't know if it's even worth it anymore. You say, God, I've been trying, but I'm still in this trial. God, I've been falling after you, but I feel like I'm stuck. Like, God, I, I, I'm close to giving up. I want to close with this. Is that our trust in God will turn today's trial into tomorrow's triumph. Our trust in God will, t- will turn today's trial into tomorrow's triumph. Here's what I just want to encourage everybody tonight. Is don't start trusting God. Don't stop trusting God. Don't stop trusting God. Don't ever let the enemy convince you to stop trusting. Because that's the one thing he hopes. Because he knows that when you stop trusting, man, you start falling into the trap. When you stop trusting his plan, you'll start being convinced of the lies, the insecurities, and all the disappointment. But, But let me just encourage you, church family, don't stop trusting God. Even in the trials, even in the things that we thought, God, how did I end up here? Don't stop trusting God. Because it's that trust in God that he, that's what he wants to see. So get, he just wants to say, Caleb, are you still going to trust me in this trial? Or are you going to give up just because things aren't working out? But it's that trust in God that will turn today's trial into tomorrow's triumph. What I want us to do right now, because I want this, I want this word to take, to set in for a little bit. I want it to soak in a little bit because the reality is, is that we're going through trials right now. Personally, locally, nationally, there are trials going on right now, and a lot of people are hanging on by a thread. A lot of people's trust is shrinking by the day. But let me encourage you, church family. Don't stop trusting. Give it some time. And that trial is going to be your testimony. That trouble is going to be your triumph. That thing that, that is holding you back, it's going to set you up for something greater and better that's ever been beyond your imagination. But we just got to trust God. We're going to say, Father, I, I got to... things aren't going right but I know you're still faithful I know God if I just follow after you if I just trust you things gonna work out and things are gonna come into fruition my my promise is gonna happen the purpose is gonna be realized but God I just gotta trust you that's all God is looking for is a people who trust him a people who trust him with every head bowed and eye closed I just want to pray right now Father, just begin to build up our faith. God, strengthen our trust in you right now, Father, because there's been disappointment in the room. There's been some trials under the sound of my voice. But God, let us not be a people who give up when things get tough. But let us say, Father, if things happen, things fall away, if a thousand fall on my left, 10,000 on my right, but I'm not going to take my eyes off you. I'm not going to stop trusting you, God. I'm not going to stop following after you, Jesus. Come on, begin to stir up your spirit right now. Begin to say, Father, it doesn't matter the trial. Begin to say, God, it doesn't matter what I'm going through. I'm not going to stop trusting. I'm not going to stop following. I'm not going to listen to the lies. I'm not going to be convinced of the disappointment. I'm not going to let this trial turn into a trap. 
But God, this trial, it can be my testimony. This trial can be my triumph. Begin to stir up your faith. Begin to deny the lies. Begin to reverse the curses of disappointment. Say, Father, I trust you. Nothing's going to take my trust. Nothing's going to take my faith. Even if when I'm in a trial, if I'm with you, I'm successful. Even when I'm in a trial, if I'm with you, I still got favor on my life. And I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get through it. I'm going to get through it. Come on, let's sing a song together. Draw a circle around yourself and begin to build up your trust in God. And you're going to see whatever trial you're going through. Man, it's going to be God's triumph. Come on, let's sing. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.